Eternal Dirtles is sponsored by Patreons like yourself. You can join us at patreon.com slash eternal dirtles. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Yo. Yo. This ox mythic is cray. It's come to break the fucking game. Fuck what Bentham's reveling. It ain't about Oko's venison. Yo, Forsyth. Yo, Lauer. Hey, Rosewater. Ox gon' give it to you. Fuck the caves, the lines can go home. Ox is coming to claim. Legacy as its bitch, and that's the deal. Delve us for noobs, escape is real. Discard your cards to the yard and pray. That ox flashing back shit's judgment day. Beyond death, where we coming from, he'll do it again. Treasure cruise, fucking child play, what's Watsy thinking? This ox is the enemy. Doesn't matter if it dies, he's discarded, escapes the vicinity. Exile eight cards, fuck your tears. This oxy in red is my magic mirror. Damn! Wow! Holy fucking cheese! Pay red, red, then draw three OP! Ox is here to change the game. Stupid fucking tribe, you know shit's insane. Rose water! Yeah, then we draw three cards. Magic is so hot, it's such a recall. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. First to hit the yard, then you draw three cards. Magic is so hot, it's such a recall. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Ox gon' give it to ya, he gon' give it to ya. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host, Zach Clark, and with me as always, Nathan Gully and Phil Blackman. Nate, Phil, how's it going, guys? So I good. just want to say that, that Phil did an awesome job on our new song. Oh, yeah. I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> Yo, let, let me just say that uh, as you may have assumed that it was difficult doing a DMX like growl voice, and it wasn't. It was great. <laughs> Now, are you by yourself when you're recording these? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm going through. It, it takes it takes a lot of takes. Totally worth it. But I also try because when you record, it it won't always when you're imitating like DMX or you know uh, anyone Snoop else or whoever. It, it it's really hard to line up multiple takes. You kind of have to do it in one go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because otherwise it'll it'll sound as though like if if your imitation isn't exactly as the other take, it won't line up properly. What other uh, what other imitations do you have? Well, I've done Snoop. Snoop. I did what? I did uh, no, I didn't do Watsky yet. I did uh, Lil Dicky. <laughs> we did DMX. Uh, I've done Tupac. Nate, do you have uh, any uh, any imitations you can do? I think I think Phil's referring to what he's already recorded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure are, Phil, the who has I've like recorded. a theater yeah, yeah. degree, probably has a number, yeah. has a big range. I don't have a range. My range Celebrity. is Goofy and Mickey. Yeah. Okay. You want to know the actual, the, the thing that is, it, it's when, when coming up with all those things, and I'm sure with when you guys were uh, making intros also, the, the difficulty isn't necessarily the, like, imitation or the style. The difficulty is getting the lyrics that you write to, to match the same beats as really what, the, what they originally did because the satire doesn't hit the same yes. if you change where the beats happen. Like, if you change the, 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 the syllabics, it, won't, it doesn't feel like the same song. No, exactly. you yeah. got to do a lot. And the tone, yeah. like getting all that stuff to like kind of match up is, is tough. So, yeah, so, like very specifically using a mountain goat song that referenced a person named Cyrus was like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> was like, what that, I, that's just, that's just that the creative ingenuity really we need. Yeah. yeah. I can do, uh, Alf and I can do, uh, uh, Meatwad from, uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yeah. That's, that's, that's it for me. Well, I look forward to the, to the Aqua Teen <laughs> Hunger Force, uh, rap album now. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, all I can do is be like, I appreciate that. Yeah, dude. If you if we took <laughs> if we took I, I don't know like uh, do the happy birthday song. <laughs> no, if we just took like Tech Nine doing Chopper rap and <laughs> you came in <laughs> with that voice, that'd be so dope. Uh, I mean, sure. Uh, that that'll so be our next project. Any room for Zombie Goofy? <laughs> zombie Goofy is how Nate gets his kids to go to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. That's you can zombie Goofy's gonna gonna find you. Oh, dude! I want to see this. 
I want to hear a zombie goofy snoop now. (laughs) Oh, Um, man. All right. There we go. That was the opening. Okay, so... (laughs) We touched on this last time just because it had happened the day we recorded, but we did a Theros set review instead. But they banned three cards in Modern, and this is a legacy podcast, and we know that. We're not going to talk a lot about Modern, but I read the announcement... And I remember there was there was just a thing that happened when I was reading the announcement where I was like, huh, that's an interesting thing to say. And I would like to read you the announcement, and I'll get up to a certain point, and I want to know if you guys react to the same statement as me. Okay? Okay. All right. Over the last several weeks, base blue-green decks using Urza, Lord High Artificer, have risen to the top of competitive modern earning the most 5-0 trophies in Magic Online League play, and maintaining a non-mirror match win percentage of more than 55%. These decks also have a winning matchup against 9 of the 10 other most popular competitive decks, indicating an inability of the metagame to adjust on its own. The cards most strongly contributing to the high win rate of these decks are Oko Thief of Crowns and Mox Opal. Oko Thief of Crowns has become the most played card in competitive modern with an inclusion rate approaching 40% of decks in recent league play and tabletop tournaments. In addition to having a high overall power level, Oko has proven to reduce metagame diversity and diversity of gameplay patterns in modern. In order to improve the health of gameplay and to weaken Urza decks and other top decks, Oko Thief of Crowns is banned in modern. So I, I that's the first three paragraphs of the modern announcement. What Did anything jump out to you? Because something jumped out to me as soon as I as soon as I got to that point when I was reading it. Uh, play patterns. That's not it. We'll talk about it, but I, I want to talk about. But Zach, did you? I mean, the only the only thing that I th- I found interesting in all of that was the. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is is of interest, but like the interesting point uh, was the inability of the metagame to uh, adjust that part. No. No. Okay. The you first. The, what's the first card I mentioned? Urza. No, Urza. Yes. Oh, Urza. Yeah, yeah. Base blue green decks using Urza, Lord High Artificer, Vision to the Top of Head of Modern. Blah, 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 blah. The cards most strongly contributing to the high win rate of these decks are Oko, Thief of Crowns, and Mox Opal. What? So you've got a deck, a base blue green deck using a card, and it's the first card you mention. The cards most strongly contributing to high win rate, and then there's nothing about why that is. Then they talk about other other decks they go right into talking about other decks it appears into many other decks right i think that's so interesting how did they decide that, that oko now i'm not saying oko shouldn't have been banned again this is not about i'm not really critiquing this but they've made this statement the cards most strongly contributed to the high win rate of these decks are oko thief of crowns and mox opal because what because of the urza deck obviously right because urza the high artificer or whatever is the the good deck so like obviously if that card didn't exist they could have just banned that instead of oko is what you're saying i'm guessing right right why okay so okay so they they say base blue green decks here the blah blah use urza blah blah right the cards most strongly true the highly rated decks are oko thief of crowns and mox opal then oko thief of crowns has become the most played card in modern why is that not the first sentence of this announcement Oko Thief of Crowns has become the most played card in competitive modern. Yeah, okay. I mean, I think I think that would have been <laughs> a better way to start banned. that out. Yeah, like I don't understand. I think it's so interesting that they 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 talked about this Urza deck. So they had they had an issue, right? The Urza deck was dominant. Oko was the most played card in competitive modern. They're not necessarily linked. I mean, Oko's in the Urza deck and it's good, right? But it doesn't, it, you know. Is, is Oko the, mo- the card most strongly contributed to the high win rate of the Urza deck? Or is Urza that card? You know? I mean, I guess uh, what they're saying is, no, it's not the Urza card. It's just that the deck is named after that card. Also, I could never, like, it's the same thing with Karn to me. Like, they're very, very, if it comes down to banning a card or banning another card, they always choose the card that has less tie-in to their brand. And I feel like Urza has a pretty big tie-in to their brand, whereas Oko is just a fucking guy. I don't know. They 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 banned Jace the Mind Sculptor when he's their he was their poster child. But that was like a look. We're creating a new format that this card needs to go. No, like, it wasn't they banned it in standard? Oh, you're right. You're right. Oh, I, I'll. But 
there wasn't a it, choice between uh, him and something else, you know? I would gather that most that, that more that Oko is more of the face of the modern game, not the modern format, but the modern era game than Urza. Uh, I agree. Oko I agree. was on all the latest sets packaging. I don't think this has. I, I mean, there might be a reason. Oko why is it, still in the most recent set. You can you, yeah. like if you go <laughs> draft an Ekanan, you're going to open an Oko. They haven't. They have banned Oko in three formats. Before the new set, before another set was released, pretty wild. The guys on the the packs. So I just thought that was I, I thought that was really interesting because it was basically like they have data about this particular deck, right? Mm-hmm. And then they make a statement about how the cards contributing to it are Oko and Mox Opal. Now, after the this, the the paragraph about how Oko, after that, they stop talking about Urza. Talk about how Oko is this really really dominant card reducing metagame diversity and gameplay patterns and and then that they're banning it but like they could have just said that yeah. i mean i you agree know? i agree and i think I that think they, the reason i think that the reason i think it's weird is because i think they were like we have to ban oko but we don't want to make it look like it's because we we made a mistake with oko we want to blame something else but we're not going to blame it you know what i mean why? Uh, the, uh, clearly, the Urza deck was too good, and I'm not again not saying it isn't. But Oko's all over the place in this format. It was all over the place in Standard and Pioneer. It's twenty in twenty five ish percent of Legacy decks that are topping right now. That's a lot for a three mana sorcery. I don't know what what was the last three mana sorcery that high it would have to be. Uh, neither Reliquary, right? Maybe Show and Tell, probably. I don't. I don't think Show and Tell's ever been twenty five percent. I'm just talking about sorcery speed. That's spell. what I'm saying. I, don't, I, I think that uh, Night of the Reliquary versus Show and Tell, I think Show and Tell has played more than Night of the Reliquary. Yeah. I think that was so interesting that they went to And then they, they talk about banning Mox Opal because they thought that they were yanking Oko from all these decks. It was going to weaken everyone, and they were worried that the Urza deck would still be too good. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, to the other decks. So then they banned Mox Opal. That's, now, the, that's the insane part to me is that they were like, this deck also, needs to have two cards banned from it. Dude, you know how long it took them to ban... Uh, more than one card in Jund at a time. Like, yeah. that didn't ever happen. They were just like, uh, Bloodbraid's gone. A month later, they were like, oh, Deathrite Shaman's gone. You know, like, it took them a Punishing very long fire. time to, to do that. Punishing Fire, then Bloodbraid, then Deathrite. Yeah, I mean, Punishing well, Fire was from almost from the onset of the of the format. Yeah. Well, I just think that whether or not Mox Opal needed to be banned in, in Modern, which was, which, you know, many people will say was coming for a while, and, you know, maybe it is, maybe it was, they banned Oko. They didn't really ban Oko to weaken the Urza deck. They banned Oko because Oko is a huge mistake. Yeah. Everything about it is is a mistake. And and it was it's just a disaster, you know, in every constructed format. And I think it's going to be banned in Legacy eventually. I don't know how long it'll take. I just Well, get get your uh, Okos for like forty dollars a playset while you can. I, I know. That's <laughs> I think it's like it's not even like Play oh em. it's expensive and I'm mad. Like it's just like I, I just it just it just makes bad games. Reduce metagame diversity, diversity of gameplay patterns. That's what Oko does. Yeah, but at the, uh, like that argument, it, like granted, I, if we when we continue reading this article of this ban announcement, uh, there is something else that also sticks out to me, and I, I want to discuss it with you guys. But when sure. it comes to the what you just said, that argument hasn't that argument for legacy at least has never been used. Because there are a bunch of cards in the format that, you know, we, are, we, we rave about constantly that need to go for that exact reason, and they're still here. So I don't think that they're going to, for Legacy at least, I think that that would fall under the category of transgressive, uh, transgressive stuff needs a place to live. It is possible. I, I'm pretty sure that, um, well, I shouldn't say I'm pretty sure because that's not what I mean. Uh, I, I could see that point being made. I, I, I think you're right. I just you actually say, went like, back. When, when you say invalidate play patterns or make unfun play patterns, I mean, no, I, I have never had fun when a TNN or a Grizzle brand hit the table. You know, like the, the, the play patterns of those games don't really change all that much from game to game. They're, they're pretty much always the same. And yeah. It's really usually uneventful and uh, I am annoyed. Yeah. But I, I forget the, but, who was. Oh, sorry. Good. Good. No, I was just gonna say I went back to the Red and Six um, fan announcement to see if it if you if that was true, and you were right. They did not say anything about play patterns in that. What was the last thing before Red and Six? Is Deathrite Shaman? 
That was the last thing before that, right? Uh, that was banned? Yeah. No. And Legacy? Uh, it was the, say, Yeah, it would have to be. No, it was the Taxi so. and Probe, right? Well, they were, no, at, the they were at the same time. Okay. Um, well, they said dominant strategy, particularly hostile to rogue decks and innovation for Deathrite Shaman. And for Probe, that was a, no, because they did say it. For Deathrite Shaman and for Probe, it was all about the gameplay and the play patterns. They That's that's what's interesting. But, I will that, see that, if people... I, I, I okay. So you 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 have you have lawyered me there. I can see that one. No, I'm but not trying to lawyer you, Phil. I'm trying to no, say no. that like I, I think that this card Oko is such a huge mistake. They should have just whacked it everywhere. I on I agree. I think though, like right now, the same way that we just were talking about how uh, Urza is getting the pass, and Oko and Mox are getting the hit. And they're, you know, like Urza gets to like skid by because those those are the ones that are taking the hit for this band first. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like the same way with like Bridge from Below instead of Faithful Fluting and Hogak. (laughs) Yeah, Um, that I think in Legacy at least nobody is right now, at least right now, nobody is sending pizza over Oko, but people will send pizza over Astrolabe if it continues to, you know, enable people not having to care about the color pie in any meaningful way because if that if that gets homogenized the same way that uh death right homogenized then the argument can be the same from watsi's standpoint yeah um it'll be interesting to see what happens in legacy just because by the way i just i'm on mtg top eight and i'm looking last two months most played cards oko is now oko is now right after flooded strand it's literally on the first page, which is crazy. Now, there's there, there's some curation issues with all these deck lists, right? That they come from Magic Online, and you can you can filter out live tournaments and stuff. But, um, yeah, I just uh, I just I, I wish they had, I wish they just got rid of it because I feel like they're gonna have to eventually, and I, and I really don't like it being around. But I think Astrolabe and there's there's three cards right now that that discussion legacy is revolving around. Uh, Oko, Astrolabe, and Veil of Summer. And I'm with everyone on Astrolabe, but everyone hates Astrolabe, by the way. People hate that card. Not everyone. Do you hate it? You I, do not, like it? I do not hate Astrolabe. I think it's fine. You don't I hate Astrolabe. I, I don't hate it either. I don't think, I, I think it's, I don't think it's healthy, but I don't, but it, that's the same thing. I don't think, I didn't think Deathrite was healthy either, but I didn't mind Deathrite being there. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's sort of, maybe that's maybe that's the best way to put it. Like, just hate it, and there's like, no, we know this is unhealthy, and every time a card like this comes around, it gets whacked, so we should just, like, you know, per, you know, steal ourselves for that, right? Um, more than hate. Uh, and Veil of Summer, which I, I still think it would set, I think they've taken action on both those cards in other formats. Uh, what's it called? Um, Astrolabe is banned in Popper. And Bale of Summer was banned in Pioneer and Standard, I believe. Yes. And I just, I, I just am very uneasy with the idea of banning a card in Legacy that has no text against like so many cards, just because they're not black or blue, and it basically just says like this format is, you know, gonna always be so revolving around these cards that we can't have an actual counterplay to them. You know what I think the argument is? My, my, my thoughts on, like, the last time we discussed Veil has evolved from where we went last time. Because uh, I fully agree with you on that the red, it, it, doesn't get, it doesn't get touched by green, red, or white cards. Like, it just doesn't do anything against them. Uh, or artifacts. Or artifacts, you know, sure. It doesn't do anything against a chalice for one or anything like that. Like, no, it does. How, how but, so? I, I, I guess I guess I guess specifically in a chalice for one it doesn't. But um, which one? The 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 new the new test list that plays for which claw and four veils main. So if you put your if you put the the chalice on one, I, this is a specific example of, of one deck. But like you put the chalice on one against that deck, they just play a bunch of rocks and kill you because their tutors cost two, and their rocks are what they use to generate their mana advantage, and that all of their payoffs aren't uh, for one. Um, but if you put it on zero, you can cast a veil and then cast your rocks into the chalice because they can't be countered. Oh, there you go. So that, yeah, that, that, I, I've seen that happen. Granted, like that deck is also better positioned at the moment because it has access to Grape Shot, which can't be veiled. 
the way that tendrils can. So there, there is some, uh, obviously, respect towards Vale, uh, at least from Storm side of the, the, the metagame. Um, but w w in terms of why I, like, I think the, the, the reason why Vale is getting so much more heat then it probably should in terms of the power level compared to other cards that have existed in blue and black forever is that even though it doesn't affect cards in red, white, green, artifacts, whatever, those colors don't have the same uh, tools to check the format the way blue and black do. So if you show up with cards that are unaffected by Veil, you are going going to go into that tournament with an inherent disadvantage because the, the, the things that keep uh, legacy in check are force, wasteland, like the free the free counter spells to stop everybody from getting belched. Right? And thought sees. Discard. You can, thought sees if you win the <laughs> yeah. die roll, you can you can you can you can sit you can stop a, a player from killing you, right? Like I can steal your reanimation spell and now you have to find another one or something, right? With with Veil, it it removes the necessary checks that are only necessary because it's what exists. But Vale is continuously going to have people outraged about it because they are forced to play with these checks if they want to not be playing the type of decks that don't care about the person across the table. But if they don't, then they're going to handicap themselves because they don't have access in red or white to tools effective means of disruption. I, I think that while that's while I sort of agree with all that, I think that there's there's some value in what's the best way to put it? If, if, if there's a deck running four Veil of Summer main, which there is, but like you've got decks running four Veil of Summer main, then it seems like the decks playing artifact disruption or like you know, like your your rock your your rocks or whatever, or like creature based disruption or like turn one deafening silence go. Like, I just don't think that I, – I don't think that the checks, the, those checks as you're mentioning them, are going to – they don't make that much of an impact on – these things all still happen. You still get belched. You still get tests. You still get reanimated. The one, the one card – the one deck that I think really with Veil of Summer is problematic is Show and Tell. And, it might be, and that might be enough to just get me to say, like, fine, I'll get rid of, I'll get rid of Veil of Summer, you know? Like the uh, I, the, uh, the interesting thing to me would be to like imagine like a Maverick player going like Forest Go and then the you know Storm player tries to go off and they have the and Maverick has the Veil of Summer and eats their discard spell right draws a card they can't go off and then they they untap and slam Athalia yeah that's like yeah, a if, pretty good if, play if you think that the 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 non blue non black green decks like Maverick will just adopt Veil of Summer the way all of the blue decks have to play Force of Will, then that's an interesting... That's an interesting... Uh, honestly, I, I, like, I didn't put it into that perspective, so maybe that's like a better way to go about it. Well, the idea is, to, is that we're, we're too, like, the combo decks are using Veil as a protective spell because no, there has not been an adjustment to being able to fight those decks with permanent base take. Cause it's going to take, I think it's going to take some time, right? Like, but I mean, I've gone into, I've gone into vintage tournaments without like, you know, that kind of disruption in my deck and won games. And I've gone into, and I've done it without, with, with blue cards in my deck and lost like horribly. Like, you know, it's just like, I think that there's a perception of certain, of certain checks. And I don't know that they, that it's really what, I don't think that's really the reality of what happens in the actual games. Like you just get crushed. Like you have, like I think about Leyline of the Void as being like the most effective foil to reanimate it. There really is because you force them. It's free. It's on your turn. It doesn't get affected by anything. And it forces them to find their enchantment removal. Right. Yes. And like, I was thinking about like mind break trap. Like you can't, like people don't have never tried mind break trap, but like, I mean, people have, I should say, but if you play it, it gets played in Vintage a lot more, and it's pretty effective, you know? Well, it doesn't stop, like, Black-Red Reanimator, though, because they're just, like, Thoughtseize, play one, and you can't Mind Break Trap them, and then things are bad from there. 
Yeah, but like the the reanimator, your reanimator part, like force of will is not doing. I, I don't think there's like that force of will is doing a good job of policing reanimator. I agree. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, is that is that actually happening? Is that is that a, a thing that's a functionally happening? Has that ever been the case? Like, they don't. The reanimator decks haven't started playing Vale yet. No. At least I shouldn't. Say, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it a ton. Like we're talking talking about a very specific deck this new test deck that's the elephant in the room and by the way it's also we're also talking about it as it's used to protect oko um which is a real thing but another thing about veil of summer that i just want to point out is that like currently the most played or top deck in legacy is blue red delver i played a few rounds of, of with with a blue red delver variant and i'm you know above 500 right veil of summer is not that good against blue red delver like if you really think about it especially main deck you got like four force of wills, and like, okay, it's good there. But like, what what is what good is a veil of summer against days, right? Because days is the bad card in that situation. If the opponent has any mana open, it's not like days is doing anything. Right? Yeah, yeah, like literally, <laughs> like all you're doing is cycling that card. You know, well, it's not like so much, it's not so much that veil is bad, but it's like you're talking about eight cards. Maybe you know, maybe they have a ninth and tenth counter spell in the form of spell pierce or something, and you get sure. to you know blow that out, but. Like, really, it's not really that good against four of the counter spells in the Blue Red Delver deck, and then it doesn't stop any doesn't anything stop Delver, to the face. Right? Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> stop Delver from killing you. He doesn't stop you from getting Bolt Bolt dead, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's why Blue Red has adapted to be the, the leading deck right now. So, I mean, what does it do against Rug Delver? Same situation, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really sort of the same situation where, like, it's, it's – Veil is, like – is problematic in this very specific matchup between Oko decks between each other and the Oko decks versus the fast combo decks. And I don't think it's, it's a problem across the reality of legacy. I agree. That's my take. Yeah, that's my take. And I think that if there's more, if there was more, um, sort of adjustment to the fact that it exists and people tried to do some different things. I mean, there's like a zillion artifacts that stop storm at this point. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's, you might just have to, you know, you just got to try something different devalue that veil of summer that doesn't do anything, you know, or, you know, or have it as a defensive tool. But th- I don't know. I, I, I definitely agree. I, I see what's co- going on here, but I think that Oko just to sort of, sort of circle back, I think Oko is sort of warping deck construction right now. Oh, a, a, a card like that appearing in over 25% of winning decks is really crazy. Well, how many, uh, like, Delver is what, like 16% or something like that? Um, there is not a, let's see, let's, let's, let's get rid of the lands here. I'm looking at the MTG Top 8. This is last two months, right? Mm-hmm. It's also really being really slow, so sorry about that. I'm just going to look back at 2011. What was the, mo- were the most played cards in 2011 while I'm at it? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like th- th- Oko's at 29.2, Delver's at 19.8. Yeah, that sounds about right. Jace is at 20%. Well, Delver's 20% of the format. Like, that's, you know, a good point. Yeah. That's basically what it is, right? Um, but I'm just going back to 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarmogoyf, 35.7%. Jace, the Mind Sculptor, 23.3. Neither Reliquary, 22.9. And this was, this is pre-Delver. Obviously. This is pre-Delver. It's yeah. 2011, so Delver had just been printed. And people were, were apoplectic about Tarmogoyf at the time, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, remember, that it was everywhere. Like, this is the best card ever. It's it's insane. You it's gotta in get rid of it. I remember people talking about banning Tarmogoyf in any format that it appeared in until uh, it got reprinted a few times. <laughs> I think it was, it, it, was, it was that and the printing of Fatal Push, I think, right? Yeah. But they were talking and, uh, about it because it, uh, the honest answer to that was they were upset that it was so expensive. Yeah. Um, looking back now, because, like, that was a card that you could, like, if you really need to get rid of that card, you could have played, like, Tragic Slip, you know? you could Like, there's so many things you could have done to, like, deal with a, a Tarmogoyf that, like... Not true if you know, with a Tragic Slip too often. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you know, your Tarmogoyf attacks, they block, you Tragic Slip their Tarmogoyf. You know, I'm just saying, like, there's so many ways that you could have gotten a Tarmogoyf off the board that it's, like, it's silly to me to think that, like, people were enraged about that card for any amount of time. In uh, 2017, Deathrite Shaman appeared in 37.7% of decks, which is, you know, around that Tarmogoyf level. Right. (laughs) 
But I, I, I don't see a single permanent in any of these lists over like 29.29%, which is what it is right now. And it might not be like that forever. We'll see. We'll see if there's an adjustment. But uh, that's that's a lot for a permanent, especially a two-color. It's a two-color three-mana sorcery. And, one, and it gets pyroblasted. And it's still that high. So I have two thoughts about this and 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 they kind of uh they kind of fight each other so there's a there's a problem right now with legacy where like everything's been in flux for so long that people are just clinging to like whatever deck works right and this is why Mm -hmm. you have so many okos is because people were like well this is the best deck i'm just gonna play that like every deck that i've had in the last like two years has been like changed in some manner to a point where like i've got to figure out i just need to play a deck that wins right so that's mm-hmm. why you get the Oko having that amount of ubiquity, like where it's just constant, right? Um, the problem with that, uh, aside from the obvious fact that like people are just clinging to whatever works, um, and and that's my defense of Oko, um, is that people will eventually, you know, hopefully they get to a point where they find other ways to play to play, right? Um, but the problem with uh, with what I just said is that if it keeps working. It, you know, it feeds into itself. You get more results <laughs> with more Okos, and people are like, well, Oko is the thing to do. You know, there's this uh, uh, confirmation bias that the, that the card will have if it's played so often. Um, I, I'm not for or against getting rid of it right now. I think we need time to decide, like, what we do with the card. But I, I do think that those are two uh, huge pitfalls of, of just play design, period. Like, when you... Pr- create a card that's that good in a time of complete and utter chaos for a format and people are just going to cling to it. <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's definitely true. There's, there's, that's one of the problems with any sort of like looking at any sort of deck is that of course people play what they perceive to be the best deck and you know, that's how it is. That was this my card... silent Bob moment for the podcast, by the way, like that, that <laughs> yeah. right there, that's about yeah. as smart as I'm ever going to sound. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I, um, but I would say that this particular card has proven to be so problematic everywhere. Yeah. That it's a little, it, it's it's almost like it's it, I can't, I sort of can't envision. Like I'm trying to think, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, but like if you've got this like Oko versus Tess deal, and then you ban Veil of Summer, right? I'm not so sure that banning Veil of Summer stops that dichotomy too much, right? Because Oko does not encourage long games. Well, I'm sorry. It doesn't encourage you to want to play long games unless you want to play Oko, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's a it's a planeswalker, so it doesn't it doesn't have it can go in creature decks or low creature decks. It creates creatures. It, it does all that stuff, right? You know, I don't tell you what it does. But I think the number one. I don't one know thing if it actually does create long games. It definitely prolongs games. Uh, if you're if you're in a grind, like you are. If going you're in to a grind, grind. But there's a lot of times where if if once an Oko sticks, if you don't have efficient ways to remove it from the table, uh, looking at Pyroblast, Abrupt Decay type type cards to deal with it immediately, the game also ends immediately. Like, right. like the game, the game will continue, will progress for another, you know, six to ten turns. But it was effectively done because the game became entirely about Oka. So I don't know if it actually does extend games as much as, like, we just need to look at it as, you know, another hate piece the same way that other hate pieces where when they hit, you still play, but you're functionally dead. Is it a hate piece? No, no, no. I'm just saying that, like, the the the. The fact that, like, when an Oko sticks, if the board is clear, you can no longer play creatures, right? Because if they if the Oko plussed, it just gets to steal whatever you play. Yeah. The same thing is if you are playing a deck that's trying to win via damage, you well, you're not going to race the, the, the life gain, and you're not going to kill the Oko in any meaningful way without giving up a whole ton of resources when the Oko player can then just rebuild from there. Granted, the game would continue. Um if you're not already well ahead, if you're not already well ahead on board, like if you cast an Oko and they have a Delver and then they hit it, they hit it with uh, a Delver hit and a Bolt, it's like okay, well that was a, a, a favorable board position for the Delver player. That's going to be good in any scenario for them. Uh, um, no, that you gave nine life. That's not good. <laughs> no, but I, I'm I'm saying that like if we if you look at like it's obviously not as immediate, but if yeah. you're playing a deck where 
you know, your opponent chalice to use on one, that, that, that game is over, you know, unless you have, like, game one, if you don't have a, 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 a efficient ways in your deck to deal with a chalice on one quickly enough, or don't, and if you don't already have that uh, effect in your hand, that game is effectively over, even though you'll take a couple of draw steps hoping that your opponent's hand is shit. Yeah. The same way with Oko, when it sticks, well, that game is done. If it's on, if it's on a, a, a stable or um, an even board, but you're still going to play it out because the illusion of, uh, you know, gameplay is still there. I would, I would, I think that's the that's the bad play experience that they're talking about in the in the modern announcement. They talked about in Pioneer. They talked about in Standard. Like, it's one, it's th- it's effectively three mana win the game. It's like it's almost like a suspend one win the game. So your opponent really has like one turn before it gets so far ahead that there's nothing they can do at that point. And yeah, I, even yeah, if, right. and even then you might it doesn't kill you to lose the Oko. They have just they have just defeated the Oko. I I am certain like what name I can't think of another card like that. The like that's at that mana cost. Ren and six like there's. <laughs> Red and Six is closed, and that Red and Six is gone. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm also saying that was that, another card. Saying, Red and Six was like that. Okay, True Name, even tr- my biggest bugaboo on Earth, True Name Nemesis, like, it doesn't, I can't, I don't, I, I'm trying to figure, like, what, what's, you know, uh, it's possible you could embrace the True Name Nemesis in the air and with bolts, you know, over the course of, of a couple turns or whatever, or, you know, they can't, att- they can't attack with it, so you get, kind of get to sit there and dig a little bit. And it doesn't. It's not like the true name nemesis becomes. It doesn't. It, the true name nemesis doesn't accumulate value, nor does it get any harder to kill. You know, like the Oko gets like harder to kill, and it makes you harder to kill, and it affects your board more than even like a true name nemesis, which I hate. So like, this card is just such a bad play experience. Like, I can't imagine, and, and it's still on. It's still on rate. Like, I it would take. Is Pyroblast enough to stop it? I think really countering question, it right? with Pyroblast, yes. Hitting it afterwards, eh. Well, you could say you can't hit it with, you can't counter with Pyroblast because of Veil of Summer, so that kind of sucks, right? But then they're playing it on turn four. But then even if they do that with holding up the Veil of Summer, you can still Pyroblast it and the Veil of Summer does nothing. I don't think, I don't think five mana gain three life is broken. Well, no, if, I, if, 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 if you are concerned... On a turn four, they cast Oko, uh, and you have a Pyroblast, but you're sniffing out that there's a Veil that's going to protect it. You have to let it resolve and then blast it yeah. uh, when it hits. You can't you can't catch it on the stack. Right, and they've made it. Then they've made a three mana three three or a Fu token. So you have that one that very small window with Pyroblast. I don't think it's a, I don't I don't think it's a functional difference whether or not Pyroblast kills it on the stack or. And play now. Abrupt decay is a problem. Is a you know there's there's a problem. Like abrupt decay's got a problem. That's that's fair enough. But um, but I I, I can't see. I, I don't think Veil of Summer leaving the format stops the Oko problem. Even if Veil has to leave for whatever other reasons, right? Same thing with Astrolabe. Astrolabe, you know, <laughs> what I keep saying is like I've had my opponents scoop with four Astrolabes in play. That feels weird to say about a bannable card, you know, mm-hmm. like. You know, it's almost like the Astrolabe is extremely irritating for a number of reasons, but um, it's pernicious more than it's more than it's most busted. But yeah, I mean, it is it is not it is not a win condition. Unless your opponent top decks that and then top decks a land, you're like, whatever. Well, yeah. Well, I don't. I didn't want to go too much more into this modern thing. I wasn't going to read more of it. They banned Michael Sinflatus, and they well, banned. One, one, the one thing that I wanted to talk about uh, in this announcement uh, is, I don't know if they referenced it specifically like this before, but when they talked about Lattice, they cite that the reason that they're getting rid of Lattice is because it was unfun. It's the and first the deck- time they, they referenced something something subjective like fun as a reason to ban something. Causing it to show up more often than is fun and competitive play. Actually, let's read the whole sentence. While decks featuring this combination of Karn the Great Creator and Michael Sivlatis win in other ways, the deck building cost to include this interaction is low, causing it to show up more often than is fun and competitive play. Yes, Lattice is not fun. Here's the I thing. I think the first, the first time that, I did it to someone. 
They should make you play four of them. <laughs> they should make you play four. Lattices. You should have to play it's, four. Like a reverse banning. <laughs> yeah. Like if you have one in your deck, you have to have four. You gotta have now four. That, that's a that's a. <laughs> um, but I remember thinking like that wasn't that wasn't fun the first time I did it. Oh yeah, to someone. I remember. I was like, oh yeah, like that that feels like time vault. That was like the only thing I could think of that it it's, felt it's like. It's worse was than like, Time okay. Vault because with Time Vault, like the end is apparent, right? Like it's pretty easy to tell you've lost the game when your opponent gets to take all the turns. You yeah. can stumble around trying to figure some shit out if you don't get to cast any more spells for the rest of the game, but you still probably are dead. Yeah. Yep. So I mean, I just want to say that, like, I wanted to talk about Oko, and I wanted to talk about what they said about Oko and how they hid, they they buried the lead about Oko by talking about Urza, which might still be a busted card, but it's still a, Urza's still a four-mana creature, you know? Like, it's still hard to... You know, it's, it's still hard I to mean, say that I mean, you used to be able be. to Galvanic Blast him, but that ain't a thing anymore. You can't... Oh, because of uh, Mox Opal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mox Opal is just, like, one of these interesting bands. It's where it's like that card's been a defining feature of modern since its inception, and um, it's kind of crazy to think that it's gone. Think about how many irritating games you lost to Affinity over the years, you know? Yeah, I mean, I don't... I, Mox Opal hit the table and you'd be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> I never really minded, honestly, because, like, that deck just seemed like it, it was the it was the Delver of that format, you know? Like, you were going to see it constantly. You knew its play patterns. Uh, unfortunately, with Modern, it wasn't like you could just, like, brainstorm, ponder your way to answers. But, um, you know, you knew what hands to keep against that deck. And it was never truly dominant because if it got, like, it became a real problem, people would just start playing Artifact Hate. Yeah, I think exactly. they, they, they recognized that Mox Opal was good in control, mid-range, and combo, and aggro strategies. So it was good in everything as the enabler for all of these things. And it was always the same way that, you know, like you bringing up the Delver thing, like the same argument for why most of the cards that get banned nowadays are usually banned once Delver has adopted them, adopted them and then risen to become the best deck. <laughs> uh, yeah, yep. That's just like, that, that's, that's not even like uh, hate towards Delver decks. That's just like probe death, right? Uh, Renin six. Like I get that other decks were playing those cards, but it was dominant in the Delver decks that top. It's the same way with Mox Opal where, you know, the you, you could fight them, but at some point the, the Mox Obel decks always rose to the top, whether it was with Clark Clan, now with Urza. Yeah. Um, you know, Lantern it's, it's control. To to win, Lantern, to win through hate. Lantern had its moment in the sun. Affinity had its moment in the sun. Yeah, Mox Opal was a staple card in Modern and uh, was there the whole time. So here's, so here's the question out. now. Is now that Mox Opal's banned, uh, who's going to try and short Ovia Pashiri because it's a one-mana legend for uh, Mox Amber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to do it. got to do yeah, it. Yeah, no, we're, we're not going to read what Ovia Pashiri is. You're going to have to look that one up for yourself, folks. Ovia Pashiri had the, is both good with Mox Amber and Mox Opal, by the way. I, yes. bet, that, I, I bet that uh, that putting these two cards in that, that uh, create artifacts in Urza and Oko made Mox Opal much, maybe just made it stronger. Mox Opal's like that kind of card, right? The more like free artifacts you can make. Uh, the better it is. And you want to know what we're gonna, what we might see now in at least in uh, modern, is we're gonna see a, a, a rise in in affinity players uh, who are adopting Mox Amber along with legends that just work with artifacts via like you know, Emery, Sky, Emery, whatever. Yeah. Uh, the, the same way that uh, Death Shadow uh, came into existence into Legacy only after Gentaxian Probe was banned, which is bizarre, right? Which is well, so it was, crazy. It was. It was being played as a – it was a four-color zoo deck. It was just not called Death Shadow, but it was definitely in the four-color zoo deck. In, in, modern. in modern? which is in Yeah, modern. in modern, which is why they banned He's talking it. about Legacy. He's saying that it wasn't until Deathrite Shaman oh, yeah. and, uh, and Probe got banned that suddenly Death Shadow became a deck. Fair. Yep. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's our discussion of, of, uh, of those cards for tonight. Like, you want to move on? Yeah, let's move yeah, just, on. Let's talk just, about. Just be uh, careful, though. Just be careful for all your future uh, favorite cards. They now have precedent that if a card is quote unfun, they can get rid of it. I mean, they won't be banned in stasis anytime soon. So, 
Ah, oh, jeez. Ah, <laughs> oh, jeez. Speaking of stasis, it's a good segue, right? Um, so uh, a couple, like uh, about a, a couple weeks ago, uh, mm-hmm. Scrying's got released into the world. Uh, for those of you who and don't Scrying's know, Scrying's is yeah. yeah. For those of you who don't know what Scrying's is, uh, Scrying's is an unofficial expansion for uh, uh, Swedish old school. So Swedish old school uh, is uh, Alpha to uh, the Dark. It does not include Fallen Empires. Um, so right now, a lot of the old school uh, community is kind of rallying around this thing and doing events for it. I'm actually going to go to an event uh, at Grand Prix New Jersey next week. Uh, and I'm going to be playing in a, uh, a Scryings event, um, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, but we wanted to highlight a couple of the cards that got, uh, that got spoiled uh, and, and, you know, what they do for, uh, for archetypes for that exist and, and, and don't yet exist in old school. Yeah, well, you uh, you went through this. You were on top of this the whole time. Why don't you tell me what you're excited yeah. about? I mean, so first off, the very last card that was spoiled. Super uh-huh. happy about this. Uh, and I was praying for it the entire time. Was Chronotog. So you know I'm going to play Stasis. That's just yeah. 100% going to happen. Uh, between Chronotog and Undiscovered Paradise, I think the Stasis deck is super strong. Um, so they gave you Chronotog and Undiscovered Paradise. Yeah, Undiscovered Paradise Jeez. being a land that taps... Uh, for any color mana, and then at the end of your turn, return to your hand, which means you can indefinitely keep stasis going uh, with either of oh, those Oh, wait, 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 hold on a second, hold on a second. That doesn't work. Doesn't Undiscovered work. Paradise returns to your hand at the beginning of the untap step. Oh. So, <laughs> and, and right. because you good. skipped your untap step, that doesn't yep. work. I was like, good geez, thing I, I wonder why no one ever tried that. Yeah, good thing I didn't add that. that to my deck. So, that, well, that okay. doesn't do it. But uh, Undiscovered Paradise is good for a, a couple other things as well, uh, just being mana-fixing. Uh, but, uh, so some of the cards that are kind of interesting, uh, it's 115 cards, so we're not going to go over all of them, but, um, let, let's, let's, uh, I want to highlight a few and talk about, uh, what existing and, and, and brand new decks that they're going to fit into. Um, the first one I want to talk about is Browse. Uh, Browse wow. is, uh, two and two blue. Uh, it's an enchantment and, uh, it's activation is, uh, two and two blue. And you can look at the top five cards of your library and put one of them into your hand and remove the rest from the game. And what's the browse application, you just think? So I think browse is just a fine... So they didn't include uh, Soldevi Digger in the set, which would have really made the browse digger combo deck, uh, yeah. like, awesome. Um, but they did include... Uh, what's it called? Uh, uh, where are we at here? Uh, they did include uh, Jester's Cap, uh, which allows you to uh, do one part of that deck is just like go through your opponent's deck and remove the stuff in there. I think that this is a, a card that's going to work uh, fine as a maybe a one of in in the deck, and also yeah. in several in several blue decks that just kind of want that card advantage to just like get there. Um, it removes them from the game, so you're not going to be able to get those cards back. Um, but uh, being able to look at to- the top five cards of your deck for uh, un- unfortunately it, the initial cost is eight mana. I think this card might be better than uh, Jam Day Tome uh, as as like a third Jam Day Tome or a second Jam Day Tome in in a, uh, several versions of the deck. I would say that was what I thought where I thought you were going. Yep. And its upshot is that it doesn't get hit by artifact. Hey, exactly. There is quite a bit. Yeah. But it does get hit by Red Blast. So. And it also gets hit by uh, Disenchant, which everyone's playing for of. Yeah. Um. So uh, we've talked about Chronotog. Uh. Uh, one of the cards that I that I love that they included uh, that uh, I've been whenever I build uh, Reanimator in old school I'm playing anyhow because I play the uh, Atlantic version, Eternal uh, mm-hmm. Central's version which is uh, includes Fallen Empires. Um, so Deep Spawn, yep. uh, Deep Spawn's back in there. Uh, it's just a great like uh, you know it, it basically has pay one mana to make this hexproof for until the end of the turn and it doesn't tap. Um, but it's a 8-mana uh, 6-6 six, six Trampler, um, and it also sort of helps enable your uh, future reanimator strategies by uh, milling the top two cards off of your deck during your upkeep. So that's a, that's an interesting one. It's probably the best reanimator target in old school. I think so, yeah. I, I mean, in, in uh, uh, you know, the Eternal Central, like Atlantic old school, it's definitely the best reanimator target. Um, Just because, well, I guess there's like Triskelion. Triskelion, but I don't think it's, I don't know if it's better than Triskelion. No, like, I don't think or so. It's worse rather because like this is an eight eight. <laughs> Triskelion yeah. still only a four four. Yep. Um, yeah. Uh, we got Memory Lapse. Memory Lapse memory, is uh, memory lapse one is good. and one blue. It's a interrupt. 
Uh, Counter-target spell, put that spell on top of its owner's library. Uh, great and in stasis. you name it with Petra Sphinx and flip it right over. Yeah. Uh, this is great in, uh, yeah, Petra Sphinx. Uh, no, this is also great in, in uh, decks like Stasis. Any deck where you just, like, just want to tempo out your opponent in, in, in some way or another, this is a great card. It's basically the, uh, the old-school equivalent of uh, Remand. Yep. Um, going further, uh, we've got Merfolk Traders. Uh, that's a uh, Merfolk creature for one and a blue. Uh, it's a one-two. Um, and when it comes into play, you loot. Uh, perfect for reanimator strategies, and it's an early blocker, too. And it's good in, in Merfolk if people... I don't know if people play Merfolk. Maybe uh, they Do they put really, enough in but there? You, you, could, you could try and make Merfolk happen. Um, another, there's only one lord. But... Yeah, there's, ju- there's just one lord. Uh, another uh, great card that they included in here is Political Trickery. Political uh, Trickery? Yeah, Political Trickery is wow. two and one blue. It's a sorcery, uh, and it says choose target land you control and target land opponent controls and exchange control of those lands. Um, that's important because they've included Keldron Outpost, a land where the, uh, not a lot of land destruction uh, in, in old school that isn't strip mine. So you need uh, some other way to like uh, get rid of a Keldron Outpost if your opponent's playing them. So this is a great sideboard card for a few decks. Deal um, their Library of Alexandria. Yeah, get their, take their Library of Alexandria, and now you've got a Swamp. Um, uh, so <laughs> an, another great card for reanimated strategies is Buried Alive. Um, for those of you who don't know what Buried Alive is, uh, two and a black. It's a sorcery. Uh, search your library for up to three cards uh, that are creatures and put them into your graveyard shelf of your library. Uh, okay, is... but I want to stop. I want to stop you right there, mm-hmm. quickly. Well, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Finish your point, and then I'll then I'll stop you because I want to talk about buried alive. Well, yeah, I mean, th- th- so I think you're going where I'm going with buried alive. Where, uh, so it's great for reanimator, but it's also great for a couple other really cool strategies that they've included in this set. Yes, they basically built the buried alive deck into yeah, this set. Yeah, so back in <laughs> back in my day, uh, Ashen Ghoul, buried alive, Nether Shadow, Blood Moon, or sorry, not Blood Moon, Bad Moon. And um, I think Cravoke and Horror. Um, yeah, yep. all these cards were great with uh, with uh, Barry Alive. You got a lot of value out of them. And it was like a tier one deck for a while. So that's really cool to be able to see like these decks of yesteryear coming back in this format for just like a limited time. They also put Song of Blood in the format, which is one in a red for a sorcery. Put the top four cards of your graveyard into your library for each creature card. Oh, yeah. That every, your whole team gets plus one, plus zero. Oh. That was in the Buried Alive deck, too. Oh, my gosh. And you basically would probably just fill your deck with, like, you know, a bunch of black creatures. And, you know, maybe you play Bolt in addition to this. But you could just have there, – there's there was a, a Song of Blood deck in, in that standard that I've copied for um, the various pre-modern formats in, so, in one way or another that, you know – just did that. Just three of these guys, and that was your team. Uh, but yeah, Buried Alive is uh, one of my favorite cards ever, and uh, I think I'm looking forward to at some point getting to play uh, yeah. Old School Scryings. All right, so so the next one uh, that I'm super interested in, at, so we had previously said uh, Deep Spawn is the best card to reanimate, but you know what? The best card to put into the graveyard from play right now in Scryings is Colossus of Sardia because Dance of the Dead is back. Oh, and you could untap it. Yeah. So for yeah. two mana, you get an enchant dead creature that gives uh, the, that dead creature plus one, plus one, uh, though it does not untap during its untap step. But uh, at the beginning of your upkeep, you can pay two mana to untap it. So that's really good for Colossus of Sardia. You now have a 10-10 artifact trampling creature that untapped for two mana. Yeah, um, I think we're hearing a, there's a, there's a, there's a slight uh, theme to what you're talking about here, and that is that the card bazaar of Baghdad just got really souped up oh, in, yeah. uh, in old school. Oh, yeah. I don't think people really realized how great it was um, back in the day. You know, when no, it, back in the day, uh, but it now it's going to be great. I mean, Spirit of the Night is also here now. That's a great reanimator target as yep. well. No, nope, um, it's not. Unfortunately, it's protection from black. Oh, protection from black. Oh, I bet <laughs> they did it on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, because huh. uh, you, you will uh, you will have your enchantment fall off of it and it will go back to the graveyard. Um, yeah. I think it's there for like uh, uh, there's a couple other ways to get that card into play, uh, like a Eureka kind of situation. So um, I think that's what it's there for. But I'm I'm not positive. I, I'm not seeing any real great applications for Spirit of Night aside from just being a black player and playing uh, paying like 
you know, dark ritual and put that Six in the plan. Like, yeah, yeah. That's you got fine. Isan's shade, which doesn't eat, which doesn't eat the swords to flash here too in this set. Yep. Uh, then um, you've got a. Oh, go on. What were you saying? No, I was gonna say that like. Uh, there's, some, you know, I don't know how many cards you were planning to hit, but, like, there's some cool cards to see and, you know, thinking about what you can do with, with modern deck-building theory with this with this particular oh, yeah. format, like uh, Orcish Lumberjack. Yep. You know, um, Phyrexian Dreadnought. Yeah, Dreadnought is and another one of those cards where it's like, how do we how do we make this card work? You know, like, Vision Charm. Uh, is is think, it in the set? I think... It is not. No, no vision charm. Sorry. Yeah, I yeah, don't know no, how no, no. you're making a. Oh, uh, obviously you're using uh, the mask. Um, what's the oh, name? Oh, illusionary mask. Illusionary yeah, mask. Yeah, that's right. yeah, yeah, that's yep. what you're doing there. Um, so uh, yeah, illusionary mask is there for that and for uh, Lord of Treasurehorn. Yep. So they gave you that. So now you just need to get your illusionary mask. Yeah, just spend some illusion. All you need to do is find all four of them. I gotta get four of them. So uh, there's well, a. So well, one of the great things about this is collector's edition is legal, and they're much cheaper in collector's edition. Yeah, but they are. Um. Uh, primal that... order, which pings people per non-basic land. Yeah, my, that's my... huge. There's, there's a lot of budget green decks in in or uh, you know mono green decks in old school. Yep. Um, this card's great and, against decks like the deck, uh, you know, that play almost exclusively non-basic lands. It's karma for, for, like, these decks. They just, like, die if this thing hits the board. They put Choking Sands in, which is, like, a strictly worse sinkhole. Seems like they're it maybe does they're do maybe damage. Put a, it yeah. does do damage. It does damage as long as it doesn't hit a swamp. Desolation is also... They, they have a lot of these black land destruction cards. I wonder what they... Well, I forget that in in Swedish rules, um, strip mine is restricted. Yes, and uh, definitely, um, definitely, really impacts what happens to you when strip mine is restricted. Yeah. Um, uh, so stupor, uh, because you don't have access to him to Torak in this particular format, so stupor exists. Uh, that's two and a black, and its target opponent discards a random card and then chooses and discards a card. Um, that's right, so, it's not perfect, but it's it's you know if you're in the market for a good discard spell that that's due for one. River Boa is back. Oh That'll yeah, a, River Boa is back. River Boa or exists, I should say. Yeah, River Boa uh, is a uh, one and one green. It's a summon snake. It's a two one island walker, uh, so that's pretty relevant. And uh, for one green mana, it regenerates. That really had a long shelf life for a two one for two that uh-huh. generates. Oh yeah. I mean, were, that was being played up and in, up into the new border in standard, right? I, they yeah, I believe people were playing it in uh, in the uh, madness deck even. Well, that would have been before even that, because I think it's been played in the new border. Oh, maybe. Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was what I'm thinking, but yeah. Uh, City of Solitude is great. Uh, just you know, a great hoser for the, all the counter decks, which you know there aren't a ton of them. Um, but let's see. I think uh, that's Dwarven Miner. Dwarven Miner. I was just about to talk about Dwarven Miner. Yeah. My favorite. My favorite one-two in the game. Uh, that is a one in a red for a dwarf uh, one-two, and it can uh, activate by tapping it and paying two in a red and destroy target non-basic land. Gorilla Tactics, which really puts a squeeze on the mono black deck. That and both that and Mangara's Blessing are in here, by the way, which I think. And then if might you really want to hate on, that. yeah, if you really want to hate on uh, discard cards, you can put Psychic Purge in your deck too. Just like really well, go my, off. I, yeah, I had a friend who was playing four in his sideways. Like, there's a lot of mono black uh, aggro decks with, you know, all these discard spells. But Mind Twist is legal. Yep, you can't. A stupor, let's so. not forget, uh, as far as burn spells are concerned, Hammer of Bogardin's back. Yep. Hammer Bogardin, uh, Wildfire Emissary. As far as we're talking about red cards, this is this is a game changer. I think the meta is going to shift all the way around this card. Uh, it's three. Wildfire Emissary. You know, I played I played that in Modern when it when Modern first started. It was time shifted. Yep. yep. And I was like, well, this beats Abrupt Decay, Path to Exile, and Lightning Bolt. Yeah, protection uh, for white's no joke, man. <laughs> Especially in this no format joke. where everybody's play, like everyone is playing. Uh, Swords Plowshares. Just the best removal. Uh, Juggle Hops and Stormbind came into the format. Uh, so I like those. Bec- I like that as a combo because Juggle Hops gets rid of everything that's not an enchantment, and then you still have your Stormbind up, so you can build build faster than your opponent. Hopefully, 
And uh, Sacred Mesa for your Pegasus as a control condition. Yep. Uh, Autumn Willow. Uh, nat- <laughs> yeah. Autumn Willow, Natural Order. Natural Order is in the format, yep. which is natural great. The, the best card to get with it is probably Autumn Willow. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, there's Force of Nature. Wood Elemental, Mabel, maybe. <laughs> Either you want to have any untapped forests. I mean, um, look, if you're getting a Wood Elemental and you're worried about how many forests you have untapped, you're just doing it wrong. <laughs> Oh, Scaled Worm. I don't even think that's good. Uh, yeah, Scaled Worm <laughs> might be the best, like, big card to get um, at that point. Uh, Rogue Elephant's in. I wouldn't get that with Primal Order, but uh, that's another great Stompy card. That's the original Stompy card, by the way. This is a joke that came from uh, a Simpsons episode, and we started calling the elephant Stompy, like Stampy from The Simpsons, and that's how you get the whole concept of the, uh, of the name Stompy for uh, Fast Creature Decks. Right, I want to I want to just harp on that for a second because that is something that when I came back, the, the Stompy deck was this green deck, or when I started playing Magic, or when I had played Magic, the Stompy deck was this green deck with a rogue elephant and stuff. And then I came in I'm like, oh, it's a Stompy deck. It's got Ancient Tomb, yeah. and like this all these other cards. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, it's not even the same thing anymore. Not they, even they close don't mean to the same anything. Thing. Yeah, close to each other. Uh, Thawing Glaciers is a uh, a uh, interesting card. I think you could see this in the deck, perhaps. Uh, no, not in the deck. You won't see it in the deck. I don't know where you're going to see Thawing Glaciers at, because uh, so many decks are running uh, a maximum number of non-basic lands. So this might be like a blue-white control deck sort of situation. We might see a new deck uh, enter, enter the... It really uh, it really soups up the card Sylvan Library. Oh, yeah. This it's is the only repeatable yeah. shuffle effect. Yeah. Other than land tax. But land tax, <laughs> land tax and thawing glaciers don't really work well together. Um, just looking at some other cards here, because I th- those were all the ones I picked. But uh, you've got Orcish Librarian, uh, which is an interesting card for red deck wins. Uh, yeah, one of the first rares I had. Uh, I think my first one was Chaos Lord. Terrible. Um, what else? Same you set. Here? Yeah, same set indeed. Uh, yeah, uh, Creeping Mold, interesting. Dal- Dalor, interesting. Uh, but I, I, honestly, I think that's that's kind of all the co- stuff worth mentioning, really. Uh, you, you get a Man of War, you get a Tabi Orangutan, Xur's Weirding, Zorn Orb, uh, Tenderwall. Let's, let's not let's sleep on Tenderwall, Nate. Uh, no, we're not sleeping on Tenderwall. I'm playing today, it Legacy today tomorrow. Or, or, or in the past, even. Um Infernal Contract, but I don't see a combo deck for that, so that'll be interesting to see if anybody puts that together. I'm gonna That's have just a... a Suicide Black card. It's just a refill, right? Yeah, yeah. So you play, like, your 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 canned out, and then you just, uh, yeah. After you're out, all out of Urgraders. Um, yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be playing... Funeral Charm is good. Funeral Charm would be a good card just because um, you do, you do kind of want to, like, ping the X1 here and there. Yeah. And also, uh, sometimes it's just nice to make sure that your opponent doesn't have a card during his draw step. Yep. Uh, let's see. I don't know. What is this card? Chimeric oh, Sphere? Or, yeah, yeah Chimeric Sphere is, isn't that good. There's uh, two reanimator cards for artifacts. Oh, no, they're not two, I guess. They have the Argavian Find, which returns one, and there's an Argavian Restoration, which puts it into play. So yeah. you've got that going for you. But not a huge payoff. Yeah, Magma that, Mine's in here. Magma Mine, uh, Serrated Arrows is in, which is, which is worth uh, throwing into uh, Titania Song, because that gets rid of Pump Knights. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's, for the most part, that's most of uh, most of what uh, is worth looking at in this set. You've got Pillage. Pillage is another great card, almost like a disenchant for that era. Um, but yeah, that looks like to be everything that I that I saw that looked interesting out of this set. Um and I'm going to be going to this tournament uh, next, not this Saturday, but next Saturday. Um, you guys will probably be hearing this on Monday, so it will be ne- next Saturday for you. Um, and and I'll, I'll report back and tell you what I saw. Uh, hopefully I just come out and uh, crush the whole thing with Stasis. That's, I, I get to have yeah, we're all We're all rooting for that. The most fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure all the listeners are like, oh, yeah, Stasis. That's, that's what we want. Um, that's what I want. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so I, yeah, think, no, that's, I think that's, that's kind of yeah. that's kind of everything. What do you think, Phil? Any of these any of those cards stick out to you? You thinking about sleeving something up, dude? Ever since Nate started sharing 
his deck lists with Tinderwall in them, I never, <laughs> I, I, I never realized how hot I was for green cards. Dude, Tinderwall. Those, those were legacy. Great... Those were legacy decks, though. Yeah. No, I understand. <laughs> one of my first, one of the very first decks I ever made was a, a green red deck, that went turn one forest Tinderwall, turn two, forest channel sack Tinderwall fireball. That's the original channel fireball. Yeah, well, that was the oh, thing. At the time, everyone was like, turn one, play play a mountain. Turn two, play a forest. Turn three, play a forest channel fireball. They'd bolt you in in, in those couple of turns, and they, you know, like they were like, ah, turn three kill. When I got when I did it, I was like, yeah, turn two kill. <laughs> yeah, take that. <laughs> Tinderwall is a, is basically a lotus for Oxavagonus, so. Uh... To bring it all back to the to the song. <laughs> yeah, dude. All the way back. Basically a lotus. Oh, it's gonna be so good. Alright. Well, uh I think that's that's it for for us tonight, right? I, I we've we've covered Oko, we've covered Scryings, we've we've covered a little bit of uh modern talk in regards yeah. to legacy. Um we've danced we've danced of the dead. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, I want to thank uh, all of our all of our listeners. Uh, it seems like we're getting we're getting more and more listeners every week. Ever since I switched to uh, we switched over to uh, Anchor, I feel like we did lose a couple at first uh, when when we went from uh, SoundCloud to Anchor. But uh, you know, it seems like everyone's sharing the the cast and everything, so that's kind of great. Yep. Yo, get hi everybody. Yeah. And all right, everyone, have a great week. The worst ever design year out of Wizards was 2019 with War of the Spark and Modern Horizons. Silly food tokens, Mystic Forge finally broke Mishra's workshop. The worst ever design year out of Wizards gave the static abilities on Planeswalker cards. A one-sided null rod, a free 8-8 legend, and a ley line that got whacked in a brand new format. Sure believed in their hearts they were helping By pushing the characters in their story arcs So they stopped after like five minutes of testing Oko And moved on to the fake playtest cards And even though Cyrus won a GP with Storm Red and Six Somehow made Legacy worse And this was how cards got sent to the bandless While you could still buy them in packs when you punish your players for playing your game, don't expect them to thank you for give you. The worst ever design year out of Wizards. Didn't even get the fixes right. Ban true name. Ban true name tonight. Brand 2.